Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And indeed, Jonah was among the messengers. Sadaqallah al-Ali al-Azim. Before I start the show, I'd like to send our deepest heartfelt condolences on behalf of myself and Imam Hussein TV3 on the martyrdom of Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib alayhi salam to the Imam of our time, Imam Sahib al-Asr wal-Zaman, to you, the Islamic Ummah, and to the Shia of Amir al-Mu'mineen alayhi salam. May Allah grant us the visitation of the holy city of Najaf so that we can recite the ziyara by his side. Last night we looked at the life of Prophet Sulaiman and we mentioned that of course we couldn't look at his, his father's life without looking at his life as well. That beautiful kingdom that they had, the ability to speak to animals. Tonight insha'Allah we will be looking at the life of Prophet Yunus but if you haven't seen the episode on Prophet Sulaiman then please go back on our YouTube and Facebook and watch those episodes there. But please continue following us on this Ramadan special by watching us on any IPTV, YouTube and Facebook, your iOS and Android devices. Before I start the show and introducing our dearest guest, I'd like to take the time out to thank every single one of you who are watching this live or watching it after it's uploaded, sending in your questions constantly, calling in, sending your salams to the Sayyid, to myself, to the studio, to the team. From the bottom of our hearts, we would like to thank you. Now tonight we look, as I mentioned, at the life of Prophet Yunus salam and the situation that he had. Where was he sent? What happened in his life that is very different from the prophets of Allah I'm your host Minhal al-Khafaji and the life of Prophet Yunus with Dr. Sayyid Amman al-Shawani. Sayyid al-Salaamun alaykum. Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullah. How are you doing today? Alhamdulillah, condolences once again on this, the night of the martyrdom of the Amir. To all of our viewers, may Allah bless them and bless their families, inshaAllah. Ahsan Sayyidina. Now Sayyidina, Yunus or Jonah in the Bible, he's mentioned four times in the Qur'an. And I've asked you before about all the other prophets. What does his name mean? Well, in the Quran, he has uh, two names, one may argue, mm-hmm. or a name and a title. Uh, famously known as the Noon, mm-hmm. as we'll come to later on when we see in Surah Al Anbiya the famous ayah, where Noon is the Mughadiban, so you have the noon. And then you have the noon meaning the person whose story is related to the big fish or the whale, mm-hmm. the partner of the whale, the companion of the whale, the noon. But then famously he's known, as you mentioned quite rightly, as Yunus. Mm-hmm. And the question arises, Yunus, what does that mean? We looked at Sulaiman and we found the word Salim. Mm-hmm. And we looked at Dawood and we found the word Dawa Biwuddin. Mm-hmm. Yunus as well, if you were to look at the word Yunus or the name Yunus within it, you will find Anis, Anas. And this whole idea of someone who brings a sense of comfort mm-hmm. to those around him. Indeed, you find that within his ministry, there was a great amount of comfort when people would meet him. Whether those people listened to him or no is a different story. Mm-hmm. But he certainly tried his hardest to be a man who inspired them to come closer to the path of God through his softness. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there are people in the ziyarah of Imam al-Rada alayhi salam People say, As-salamu alayka ya Mawlai wa ibn Mawlai. As-salamu alayka ya gharib al-ghuraba wa anis al-fuqara. Shams al-shumus wa anis al-nufus. Al-madfoon bi-ardi tus. This anis is a huge honor to have a personality in one's life who brings that comfort to you. So therefore, you find that there is an opinion that from that name of Yunus was that character. 
at the first part of his life, he used to bring comfort to people's lives. And then mm -hmm. at the end, Nainawa, the city, or Nainawa, the village, was a place that received comfort with Yunus's presence. Now, as with the two prophets that we looked at in, over the past two nights, do they meet him? Does Prophet Dawood and Prophet Sulaiman, do they meet Prophet Yunus? I've only found one tradition where mm -hmm. there seems to be some sort of interaction mm -hmm. between Nabi Dawood, Sulaiman, and the father of Yunus, not Yunus. Uh -huh. I don't think Nabi Dawood and Nabi Sulaiman met Nabi Yunus. But there is a hadith about them meeting Metta, who was seen as the father, some hadiths have mentioned mother, but father of Nabi Yunus salam. Now this Metta was a devout servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had found a certain area of trees where he was able to collect the wood and sell it to the people of the village of Nainawa. Mm -hmm. And he made huge money and huge wealth from selling wood. Mm -hmm. But it never once made him pompous or arrogant or never once made him forget where the blessing of that rizq, that sustenance came from. So, it's very easy for us that when we're making good money to mm -hmm. forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To hardly ever say alhamdulillah, shukran lillah. Subhanallah, MashaAllah. Mm -hmm. There are some of us who sadly, as soon as we're making money, we seem to distance ourselves away from the remembrance of our Lord. But what you have in the story of Nabi Yunus's father, Mittai, was that he was a person who would sell the wood and then straight away thank Allah. Even if there's no sales, mm -hmm. he would thank Allah. Nabi Dawood and Nabi Sulaiman had heard about him and wanted to go and give him glad tidings of Jannah. So they traveled from where they were in the land of Jerusalem mm. towards where? Towards that village known as Nainawa. Mm -hmm. And when they came towards that village, they saw him selling. There were bids being made for the wood that he would sell. Of course, they'd ensure that they won the bids, mm -hmm. and then they wanted to have a meal with him. He doesn't have a clue who they are. He doesn't know that one's Dawood and one's Sulaiman. When they got home, they never saw hospitality like the hospitality of this man. His hospitality was unique. A mu'min is a kareem. A mu'min yeah. is generous. A mu'min is not stingy. Bakhil, a person of stinginess, loses this world and the hereafter. In this world, Imam Ali said, they don't spend their wealth. Yeah. And in the hereafter, the Bakhil no way makes it to any sort of paradise whatsoever. So this person was known for his generosity. And Nabi Dawood and Nabi Sulaiman were astonished that before every single bite, you know how when we start a meal, mm -hmm. we're like, okay, <laughs> when he would start a meal, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Before every single bite, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. At the end of the meal, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. And then they would hear him in dua, saying, Ya Allah, what have I deserved for you to bless me with so much? You bless me with the ability to find the tree, to find the wood, to sell the wood, to have people dealing easily with me when I'm selling. Mm -hmm. And to allow me to be hospitable to different people. Mm -hmm. They looked at this thankfulness. Why? Because it's highlighted. When you earn money in the business or work, don't forget to thank Allah for every stage. Because you know what he also thanks Allah? You gave me the ability to breathe, to see, to walk, to talk. MashaAllah. There are many of us, if we get our paycheck, we say Alhamdulillah. Straight away, we'll be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. But we forget that there's many areas, not just the paycheck. The ability to get to work that day, we have to say, Alhamdulillah. Mm -hmm. The ability to come back from work safely, Alhamdulillah. The ability to have good customers, Alhamdulillah. To ability to have comfort in the deal without being scammed, Alhamdulillah. All of these areas, 
you found this man. Therefore, there's no surprise that tasbih and dua would definitely be in his family. Mm. Because if the father is like this, then the kids are going to come out like this. Yeah. If you've got a father who's arrogant about their wealth, not thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not reminding the children at home about being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm -hmm. then you're not going to see that within the children. Yeah. When you have a father who's constantly of the musabbihin, of those who do tasbih, constantly thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, constantly recognizing that none of this will have happened. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah, al-ali al-azim. And that's why Ahl al-Bayt would always give us dua, ad'iya for rizq. That when you're searching for rizq, don't forget, rizq is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are different forms of rizq. They lie in different places. Allahumma innahu laysa li ilmun bimawda'i rizqi. That beautiful dua after Salat al-Isha. Wa inna ma atlubuhu bi khataratin takhturu ala qalbi. Fa ajoolu fi talabihi al-buldan. Fa ana fi ma ana talibun kal-hayran. La adri afi sahlin huwa amfi jabal, amfi ard, amfi sama, amfi bar, amfi bah. وَعَلَى يَدَيْ مَنْ وَمِنْ قِبَلِ مَنْ وَقَدْ عَلِمْتُ أَنَّ عِلْمَهُ عَنْدَكَ وَأَسْبَابَهُ بِيَدِكَ وَأَنْتَ الَّذِي تُقْسِمُهُ بِلُطْفِكَ وَتَسَبِّبُهُ بِرَحْمَتِكَ اللَّهُمَ فَصَلِّ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ وَآلِهِ وَاجْعَلْ يَا رَبِّ رِزْقَكَ لِي وَاسِعًا وَمَطْلَبَهُ سَهْلًا وَمَأْخَذَهُ قَرِيبًا this dua we should all recite from Imam al-Sadiq it could be in the heaven, in the in the earth, in the sky. It could be on the land. I don't know where that rizq lies, but one thing I know is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you are the one who can make it reach me easily. Mm -hmm. You are the one who determines it. And with a salawat on Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad, make my rizq an expansive rizq. Therefore, the father of Nabi Yunus alayhi salam instilled in his family at a young age. That whatever you achieve in this life is a rizq from Allah, always be grateful. And as you rightly mentioned, however the father is, the, it will be reflected in the children. Now Sayyidina, um, in chapter 37 verse 147, it says, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim And we sent him to his people of a hundred thousand or more. Now you mentioned the city of Nainawa. Yeah. Must have been a big city. Yeah, Nainawa was a village in the city of Mosul. Mm. I know there's an opinion that I have read that Nainawa also was one of the names of Karbala. Uh -huh. And possibly people refer to Karbala in this story as well. Mm. But you find that there are a number of scholars who do refer to Nainawa being a village in the city of Mosul. The Quran tells us, and very rarely does the Quran mention the number of people in a, in a city. I think it really goes to show you just what Yunus, the numbers he had to deal with. You know, he had to deal with a hundred thousand strong city there. Mm. Um, and you find that I've never ever in my research found what sin they committed. If you remember with Hud and Ad, you know, yeah. with Salih and Madian, mm. you know, with the people of Nabi Nuh, with people of Nabi Ibrahim, this, people of Lord, we knew what the, yeah. the social ill was. It seems that the, you know, idol worship was prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, people had gone far away from the path of God because Nabi Yunus salam, becomes a prophet at the age of 30. Mm -hmm. And he gives da'wah, he talks to his people for 33 years. Mm -hmm. Now something that they're doing, I haven't figured out what it is, but something that they're doing is quite heinous. Mm -hmm. That he begins to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they should be punished because of this act. Mm. Yes. Now was it in the city of Nainawa that he became a, a Yeah, prophet? in the village of Nainawa. The village of Nainawa. Now, what kept him going in 33 years of his prophethood? I think, you know, hearing the stories of people like Prophet Nuh, alayhi <laughs> salam, you know, Prophet Nuh, we mentioned that he's going close to a thousand years, mm. you know, in terms of how much he was doing. You know, some of us are proud when we give lectures, for example, for a couple of years, we're really proud that we've done good tabligh or we've done good da'wah work. Um, I think the inspiration for Nabi Yunus salam, no doubt were prophets like Nabi Nuh salam. Mm. When he hears the stories of people like Nabi Nuh, that keeps him going. Problem is nobody's listening to him. Yeah. As in barring a couple of people in that whole area, nobody was listening to what he was saying. Mm -hmm. And this without a doubt causes an anger in him. Why? 
not a personal anger, it's not a personal ego thing that why are none of you listening to me? <laughs> but it hurts the prophets of God when the people are blatantly disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or blatantly mocking the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Nabi Yunus alayhi salam tries his hardest in that 30 year period. There are a couple of people, one by their name, um, if I'm not mistaken, there was one called Robil and another called Tanokha. And they certainly um, are on the path of Yunus alayhi salam, but the majority were not listening to a word he was saying. And you mentioned he does ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to punish them, but wouldn't you agree surely more mercy is needed than patience? I think Nabi Yunus's patience mm -hmm. is not at the same level as the Ulul Azim. Mm -hmm. Never at the same level as Ibrahim alayhi salam, Nuh alayhi salam, Musa, Isa, and definitely not Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. But his impatience is relative to them, not us. Uh -huh. Me and you don't have the patience, 33 years to you know, see people not listening to us and every day try to talk to them. <laughs> the impatience is relative to those NBA. Mm -hmm. Now this is normal when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that you know, there was a tafdeel done where mm -hmm. certain NBA are greater than others. Mm -hmm. This is very normal. There's no one as great as Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. No. You're hardly pressed to find any as great as Musa and Jesus. You know, none come near Nuh and Ibrahim. So therefore, when it comes to the story of Yunus salam, you're right. Because one thing that I've always grappled with is why would you want them punished? I can't figure out the sin. Mm -hmm. Clearly idol worship, but he wants them punished. There's interesting things in the hadith where Allah SWT tells him, but Yunus, there's amongst them at the moment children. Mm. So we're not going to punish them. And there could be in the future from their progenies, good humans. Mm. You want to try and be more patient with them. Mm -hmm. And he tells them, but my Lord, I've tried everything. My Lord, day and night, 30 odd years, I'm speaking to them. They continue to disobey you. They mock you. They're rude about you. Mm -hmm. They've now set up idols. They're going to destroy their own youth and their own community. Ya Allah, for how long will this continue? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him, okay, there's a punishment going to happen and it's going to be in this particular time in Shawwal. Yunus had consulted, by the way. He had sat with Rabil and Tanokha, who seemed to represent what's going through his mind. One of them's like, you know what, God has to punish these people. They're the most arrogant people. They're the rudest people. They scoff at us and mock at us. And the other ones like, be patient with them. You know, give time. And subhanAllah, this is, this is something that we all go through when we're giving lectures. Mm. You know, you go to communities. There are some communities where people are like, you know what, this community will never change. They're the lost hope of the Muslim world. Whatever lecture you give, none of them will change. And then you have another voice where it's like, bro, you know what, Just keep going, man. There's, mm. there's people changing, but you can't see it. I remember True. even in my True. own lectures, for many years, you'd wonder that this community, how many of them have changed? Then you wonder, how many lectures I give, will they actually change? Then there's others who come up to you one day and they're like, I changed when you came to our community. Mm -hmm. So I think what happens is that with, with Rabil and Tanakha, they represent what's going through Nabi Yunus's head. Because mm -hmm. Nabi Yunus is like, you know what? I, I know that I'd love to see a change. I just can't see it happening. Mm -hmm. And the other one's telling him, but be patient, you know, just give it time. And sometimes a lesson from this story even if the majority of the community are not good, don't give up. I know that the majority of the community will be, in some cases, stubborn, rude, hypocrites. Blatantly, there are people who donate to mosques who are the biggest fraudsters. Yeah. There are people who give charitable donations to build mosques who are known to have destroyed the private lives of people out there. Sad. But don't give up. I remember last year I gave a lecture in Muharram and someone wrote to me an email. He said, you know what? That lecture touched, touched me because you had mentioned that when you enter politics, don't use politics as an excuse for why you're bad. 
Because someone say, look, there's politics. I have to be, uh, you know, I have to take the odd yeah. moment of, you know, I've got to steal this, bribe this and so on. And, and when we explained Imam Ali Islam's system, he said, I got affected for the first time in years. So that's what's going through Nuna's head. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told him, okay, there's going to be a punishment then. They're continuing in this way. There's going to be a punishment and it will be on this day and on this time. Yunus having heard this, decides that, you know what, I've tried to tell them and he does tell them. He's like, listen, there's going to be a punishment. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you guys it's time for change. Trust me. I'm a well-wisher to you. And when he noticed that there wasn't really any change at that moment that he said it, he left his people and decided it's better that I go and give tabligh somewhere else. Mm. Because if I'm giving lectures in a certain area and it's not working, Allah's earth is vast enough for you. Yeah. You know, you could give lectures in a certain city mm -hmm. and people are not listening. Like they didn't listen to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his family in Mecca. Mm -hmm. And remember, there's a lot here related to the Prophet, peace be upon his family. Because Prophet, peace be upon his family, when Mecca wasn't listening to him, where did he go? Ta'if. Mm. Do you remember in Ta'if when they threw stones at him? Yes. And there was a Christian who came up to him in, in, in the message, the film, mm -hmm. film yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. see this Christian come up to him when he's bleeding. Mm. And that Christian's name was Udas, if I'm not mistaken. And when the Prophet has a conversation with him, he asks him, where are you from? He said, Nainoa. He said, oh, mm. may Allah bless Nabi Yunus alayhi salam. He said, how do you know about Nabi Yunus? And when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family, told him about Nabi Yunus, you know, this Udas straight away came to kiss the feet of the Prophet. You know, he was that in awe. But remember, uh, the, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family, was doing, giving lectures to Mecca, they weren't listening. Giving lectures to Ta'if, they weren't listening. Mm -hmm. There's an overlap here. Yeah. Nabi Yunus noticed that these people aren't listening. So he decides in a state of anger to leave these people and to go wherever the ship takes him. Mm -hmm. So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plans his rizq elsewhere. Little does he know his rizq may lie in the belly of a whale. <laughs> but you mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that they will be punished on this day. On the... But I've heard otherwise that they weren't punished. Why not? Well, it's interesting. Firstly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can send you a message. Mm -hmm. It's up to him if he wants to erase the message. Your so... test is what you're going to do with that message. When Nabi Ibrahim saw his dream, who did he see that he was going to sacrifice? His son. And what does he end up sacrificing? A, a ram, a sheep. So, bada is the theological concept we have within Shi'i thought. Um, and he has knowledge of the book. Allah can erase one he, what he wants at any moment. But these people, what they did, they all came together in two things. Collective dua and tawbah. Mm -hmm. There are some schools in Islam which say doing dua as a jama'ah is bid'ah. Other things which they do which are bid'ah in jama'ah you can't talk about. But when it comes to dua, they mm -hmm. say you people who sit together and do dua, Kumail, read dua, Yastashir, read dua, Abu Hamza and Jama'ah, not allowed. Because they say there's no hadith of the Prophet sitting with a jama'ah reading dua. Okay, Nabi Yunus salam's people. How did Allah forgive them? The only nation in the Quran Allah has said is going to be punished but they were forgiven was the people of Yunus salam. Why? Because when you all gather together in dua, mm -hmm. mothers and fathers, husbands and wives, mm -hmm. the king and his people, all gathered together. And the king said, listen, even if you've got to leave your children and you have to show Allah that you're sincerely repentant about what you've done. Can you imagine the sight of a hundred thousand people coming together in dua? The beauty. And in tawbah. Yes. I'd like to touch on this. Why? Many times people say, Allah will never forgive me. And that is a blasphemous statement. Mm -hmm. You should never despair of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. Despair is one of the biggest sins in Islam. Mm -hmm. And never say whatever I've done in life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is never ever going to find a way to forgive me. No. On these nights, the nights of Qadr. These are the nights where we say, Astaghfirullah Rabbi wa Astaghfirullah. I ask Allah to forgive me. Wa And I'm returning back to the path of Allah. In the Quran, there are a number of stories of people 
who came back to the path of Allah. One of them is the story of Yunus alayhi salam. The people came back to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through Tawbah. The doors of Allah. That lovely ayah in the Quran. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. This ayah is, you know, there's certain ayahs in the Quran which are my favorite. Surah 4 verse 135, I love. And this one, Surah 39 verse 53, I love. And Dhikr al-Yunusiyya, that I love as well. We're going to come to that in a second. But this ayah, Ya ibadi al-ladhina asrafu ala anfusihim la taqnatu min rahmatillah inna Allah yaghfiru al-dhunuwa jami'an. Mm-hmm. This wonderful ayah. Oh my servants who have been extravagant against themselves. Don't despair of the mercy of Allah. For Allah forgives all of the sins. Mm-hmm. For he is the all forgiving, the yes. all merciful. Never tell somebody you've done that, you're going to hell. You're going to burn in hell. The doors of Tawbah never mm-hmm. close. And you know how merciful Allah is? I don't. <laughs> I, well, I, you're absolutely right. I personally will never be able to know as well. But if you're looking at the instances, Jum'ah, one hour in Jum'ah, all your sins are forgiven. But we don't know which one. Layali al Qadr. Not just Laylat al Qadr. Al A'imma have a hadith. They say Layali al Qadr. 19, 21, 23. All of your sins forgiven. 15th of Sha'ban. Mm-hmm. All of your sins are forgiven. This Lord doesn't want to take you to hell. It's a Lord who wants to keep giving you chances. These people for years, 33 years were sinners. Did Allah say no? Look at the day of Arafah. You sit in the plains of Arafah from Dhuhr until Maghrib. Allah forgives everything. You don't need to do dua. You don't need to do anything. Just sit there at Arafah on Hajj. Allah forgives everything. These people highlighted Tawbah. That if a whole community gets together, Allah is ready to forgive all of their sins. And that's why on nights like this, you see in the Muslim world, people coming together. Communities coming together, asking Allah for the doors of mercy to open again. Now, um, before we go on to the next question, we will take a short break. A beautiful, insightful discussion on the life of Prophet Yunus salam. Stay tuned for the second part. As we go deeper into his life and take lessons. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh and a very very warm welcome back to you all. Now before the break we were discussing the tawbah and how Allah is the most merciful. Um, but I want to come to this ayah Sayyidina. Uh, chapter 10 verse 98. It says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. When they believed, we removed from them the punishment of disgrace in worldly life and gave them enjoyment for a time. Now that ayah particularly shows that anyone can change. Now Sayyidina, I'm going to ask you about a few things. I'm just going to name a few things. And you tell me whether Allah would forgive those sins or not. Stealing. Yes. Yes, Allah would forgive. Yes. Adultery. Yes, Allah would forgive. Shirk. If a person is a mushrik now and they ask for Allah's forgiveness, then yes, he will forgive. But if they die as a mushrik, then it's seen as the sin which isn't forgiven on the day of judgment. Gambling. Yes, Allah will open the door of forgiveness. Drugs. Allah will open the door of forgiveness. Abortion. Allah will open the door of forgiveness. Fraud. Allah will open the door of forgiveness. Subhanak. Okay, but there are some sins that it's said that you need to ask for the person's forgiveness, such as suspicion, before Allah forgives. What, like, for example, what do I do in, in that case? It's hard. You should just do the classic just before going to Hajj, just sending everyone a WhatsApp message. Forgive me if I've ever said anything. <laughs> you know, that's one way out. 
Um, yeah, you're right. That there are there are hadiths that say you know <laughs> adultery can be forgiven, but suspicion will never. You have to be forgiven by the person you've suspected. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong, you know, messaging somebody and say, listen, I may have said something in the past. Please forgive me. Um, it's worth it in the long run for sure. Now, Sayyidna, in chapter 21, verse 87, it says, Bismillah ar-Rahman him, and mentioned the man of the fish when he went off in anger and mm. thought that we would mm. not decree. Yes. Sayyidna, is Yunus angry with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I mean, surely it's a sin. No, he's not angry with Allah, he's angry with uh, the people. He's not angry with Allah subhanahu wa Because remember, when he's left his people, mm-hmm. he doesn't know that these people have now repented. He's just left. He's gone to found. Where's the nearest port? Let me get on the ship. Mm-hmm. And let's see where Allah's the rizq takes me. Mm-hmm. Let's see where I'm going to go. Where the next step is for us in serving the Lord. Many bring this ayah. Mm-hmm. They say, means the ghadab was against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That ya Allah, I'm angry with you for... No. Never would the Prophet of Allah be angry with his Lord. Impossible. Mm-hmm. These are Prophets who are honored to be servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Therefore, who was he angry with? He was angry with his people. Mm-hmm. Now, don't you think it goes from bad to worse when he goes on that ship and then ends up in the belly of that whale? You know, Minhal, I don't think there's anything bad to worse than Allah's plan. It depends if you look at the so- cup half empty. And half full. Or mm-hmm. if you're the type of person who doesn't believe, he is mudabbar al-umur. He is the one who knows what he's doing. He's ala kulli shayin qadir. You know, these lines in ayahs of the Quran, we dismiss too quickly. Mm-hmm. And there's no need for us to dismiss these ayahs so quickly. Mm-hmm. There's too many people out there, you'll find them, do not appreciate even the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why dua, Joshan al-Kabir, even more names than that, which mm-hmm. are reminding you that, listen, ponder over Allah's names. Then you know that Allah is wise, He's the planner, He's the great, He's the generous. It does look from bad to worse. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I know that when you're... Because he, he, he gets on the ship. Mm-hmm. He's going on the ship. People all, you know, admire him on the ship. They see he's a wonderful human being. Mm-hmm. But then it gets a bit rocky in the sea. Mm-hmm. Now, when it gets rocky in the sea, never the best thought in the world or the best experience, you know, on transport when there's a possibility of an accident. Yes. And what's happened is that, according to different hadiths, some hadiths say the whale was approaching the ship Mm. and it was literally ship ahoy and, you know, people were in trouble. Others say the ship was too heavy Mm. and they had to cast lots. Now, cast lots is Quran. There was like a Qur'a, for example, let's mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. And you've got the different names of people on the ship. Let's see who's going to have to leave the ship and maybe take a boat. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in this idea that just threw someone for the whale to eat them. Mm. Listen, there's a, a boat rather than being on the ship. On the ship, yeah. First time took, his na- uh, took the name out, Yunus. Second time, Yunus. <laughs> Yunus, good guy. And the only time yeah. they were doing, the only reason they were doing it again, because he was such a good guy. Mm-hmm. Third time, Yunus. <clears throat> You're gonna have to get off the ship. <laughs> and those were rocky waters. Mm-hmm. Imagine you get off the ship, you get on a boat, all of a sudden there's this whale attacking. Oof. Next time you find yourself in the belly of a whale. Oof. Don't think the most pleasant experience in the world being in the belly of anyone, mm-hmm. let alone being in the belly of a whale. Sometimes people mock stories in the Quran. Mm-hmm. There are people out there who say, you guys believe that there's a whale in which a prophet was in, mm-hmm. or that Noah's flood, or that a camel was born from the mountain. I don't just believe in these. First, I had to believe in God. Once I believed God existed, I then came to a rational conclusion that God would not create us without guidance. Those guidance are sincere messengers whose words do not contradict one another. From there, I read their biographies. So there is actually a step-by-step process in which I reach this understanding. Because there will be people out there who are like, you know, you guys just follow these prophets. It's all a joke. Mm -hmm. What's a prophet doing in a whale? You know, if me and you went in the mouth of a whale, Mm -hmm. we'll become the next... um, Tashrib. Tashrib again. You know, (laughs) clearly every... 
الكالوريز يو نو كليرلي افري سينجل بروجرام يو ستارفينج اند يو كليرلي هاف ا فيري هيلثي دايت از ويل ماي يو تشريب يو نو ات داز ات داز هيلب ماني ثينجز اولثو نو بودي ريلي نوز وات جوز ان ذا بروسيس اوف ات كومينج تو يور بودي بات وذ ذا سيتويشن هيز ناو ان ذا بيلي اوف ذس ويل اند ذس اميزينج داركنس از انفلوب هيم darknesses lolomat mm-hmm. and it's pretty dark inside the belly i'd imagine yeah. you're at the depth of the sea it's quite dark there as well subhanallah mm-hmm. belly of a whale sea you know it's night time but it's sometimes in you in in the moments when there's a lot of darkness that you could expect some light Allah nur samawat wal ard when anyone's going through darknesses mm-hmm. mental darknesses physical darknesses mm-hmm. always remember there's one nur and that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. الله ولي الذين امنوا يخرجهم من الظلمات الى النور نور الله is the guardian of those who believe he takes them from the darknesses to light mm-hmm. he is the nur and whenever you are in any darkness in life difficult moments know that there's going to be a nur that's suddenly going to appear the nur for yunus was his growth and realizing i should have just been a bit more patient mm. but the lines that he utters remain probably amongst the most spiritual lines ever uttered in the quran fanada fi dhulumati an la ilaha illa ant subhanaka inni kuntu min adh-dhalimin And those are Dhikr al-Yunusiyya, as you rightly mentioned. Now, how important is La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen? How important and powerful is this tasbih or you could call dua? I'd recommend anyone out there to try and say it 400 times a day. Okay. I've seen ulama who love saying it in sujood as if that is the best thing that's happened to them all day. Subhanallah. In sujood. La ilaha illa ant. Subhanaka. Inni kuntu min al-zalameen. You know that whole ayah. Wadha nuni idhahaba mughadiban fadhanna illa naqdir alayhi. Fanada fi al-zulumati. La ilaha illa ant. Subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalameen. You find it in salah. You find it in sujood. You find it in dua. That ayah has a mystical presence like no other. When I hear that my friends... are those who are amongst those facing major mental anxieties difficult physical issues then straight away tell them recite this ayah mm-hmm. surah 21 verse 87 mm-hmm. Because Allah in the next ayah after 2187 what does he say in surah 21 verse number 88 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us that those who recite this ayah that wadhan nuni idhhaba mughadiban fadanna an lan naqdira alayhi fanada fi dhulumati an la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minadh dhalimin then what does Allah do when you recite that فاستجبنا له نجيناه من الغم وكذلك so what you have is that Allah says we answered his dua subhanallah how glorious is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wallah you 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 have you just want to cry honestly because there are many moments where we break down yeah You know, you're, you're broken. And you find that all of a sudden, you recite just a few words and your Lord hears you. You know, we answered his call. But the humility of Eunice, 
What's humility? La ilaha illa'at. Subhanak. Inni kuntu min al-dhalimin. Dhalim can mean oppressor. Dhalim can also mean someone who does something hastily. Nabi Yunus is not oppressor. So what's the other meaning? Too hasty to leave those people. Mm. You should just be had a bit more sabr. Yeah. Sometimes, even in our own communities around the world, mm-hmm. you find that I've lectured in Sydney. I've lectured, alhamdulillah, in Dearborn. Mm. I've lectured in London. I've lectured in Toronto. I've lectured in all these countries in their different regions. In all those communities, you would have had somebody saying, these will never change. Don't waste your time with this community. Don't waste. None of them will change. No. This story shows us if one person changes, you've changed the whole of humanity. But have sabr. If you're not made to be patient, then don't advise others to give up if you don't have patience. Because Allah in the Quran says, وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُصْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْصَابِرِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَنْ وَاسْتَجِيبُ You find many ayahs. When Allah says, وَاسْتَعِينُ بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ All of these ayahs highlight to us if you're a bit impatient on something in life, say, La ilaha illa and subhanak, inni kuntu min You were hasty on saying something, subhanak, inni kuntu min And do it in sujood, do it in salat al-ghufayla between Maghrib and Isha. But you find great ulama who themselves would say 400 times a day, believe you me, you will find many of the followers of Ahl al-Bayt. Many Muslims out there at the moment in Shah Ramadan, he's playing with fruits bouncing off each other. <laughs> bouncing, the fruit is bouncing. That moment you are in Shah Ramadan, just step aside, Subhanak. La ilaha illa and Subhanak, and you come to me. La ilaha illa and Subhanak, and you come to me. La ilaha illa and Subhanak, and you come to me. La ilaha illa and Subhanak. This is a mystical dua. The Prophet, peace be upon him, and the Ahlul Bayt would keep telling us, read it. And we're playing fruit, fruit, hit fruit, fruit, hits fruit. Someone's playing another game. Someone's messaging his friend, join me on this game. There's a lack of spirituality in many of our community and so many rituals. Mm-hmm. We've become ritualistic. Yeah. <clears throat> now, some rituals are beneficial, but have some spiritual edge. Mm-hmm. These verses of the Quran are a remedy for your soul. When your soul is down, you feel down. When your body is down, you go to the pharmacist. Mm -hmm. When your soul is down, go to the pharmacy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The verses of the Holy Quran and the tasbih of Muhammad and Al Muhammad and their supplications. Now, leading on from that point, um, in chapter 37 verses 143 to 144 it says And had he not been of those who exalt Allah He would have remained inside the Bani until the day of resurrection mm. Now Do you think that our youth in today's, in, today, in today's day and age And in the communities Lack this ibadah Lack this dua Tasbih Look I'm not asking everybody to hold the sibha Wherever they go and go Because sometimes I see people in, in, in the mosque they're not doing tasbih, they're just playing. It's like a, it's like a, a train track. <laughs> what is this? Are people As in, what's habit? going on with the sibha? Like, <laughs> as a nightmare if you're a lecturer and you've got someone. <laughs> mm. Tasbih. Fatima al Zahra alayhi Gift. With the dust of Karbala. Look at the mystical edge. Mm. Al-Muhammad, the remnants of their spirituality in our life. What an honor it is to be associated with these treasures from Al-Muhammad. Salawatullah wa salamu alayhim. I've got this sibha. It's not for me to go. Even I remember one of the ulama. You know, many of our scholars, they will do tasbih, sit down, they'll do... One of them used to hide it in his wrist so he doesn't show off his ibadah. Subhanallah. You wouldn't know he's got a sibha in the wrist. So he doesn't show off the ibadah. 
the rosary bead in Christianity, the rosary bead in Islam, all of these remind us of God. Mm. Even now, people don't want to touch the tasbih. Now, you have people have buttons pressing. Chuk, chuk, mm. chuk, chuk, chuk. When we touch the earth of Karbala, there is shifa in the earth of Karbala. Mm -hmm. Salams on the one whose earth has cure for the people. Mm. Within it, there is a cure. So therefore now when I say go chuk, chuk, Okay, you can use a small instrument, but use the sibha. Mm -hmm. Fatima Zahra wanted someone to help her at home. Her dad said, I'll give you better than that. Do the tasbih 34 times, Allahu Akbar. 33 times, Alhamdulillah. 33 times, SubhanAllah. I was one of those after salah. I would do the tasbih Fatima Zahra. Do you know how I'd do it? Allah Akbar, 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 Anna, what am I doing? Yeah, I see people finish Subhanallah. quick. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Glory be to Allah. Subhanallah. 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 This tasbih is what ensured that Yunus never remained in the belly of the whale until the day of judgment. Because Yunus, like his father, used to love tasbih. Remember one thing. You hear the ayah, mm. remember me, I'll remember you. Do you know what it means? Remember me when things are going well, I'll remember you when things are tough. Uh -huh. If I remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when things are going amazing, then when things are going tough, He will look after me. Nabi Yunus, when things were going great, would remember Allah. Now when he had a tough moment, Allah remembered him. Subhanallah. And Allah ensured that he was... Set to shore. Subhanallah. Yes. Now Sayyidna, that's one thing that looked after him, the tasbih. But there's another lesson for him, which is in the Quran in chapter 37, verse 146 to 148. It says, And we caused to grow over him a gourd vine, and we sent him to his people a hundred thousand or more, and they believed, so we gave them enjoyment of life or of a lifetime. Um, what lesson does that have for him, that plant? Well, let's say he's in, the, he's in the belly of the whale. Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to inspire the whale to mm. ensure that he doesn't die in there. Um, and eventually he finds himself at shore. But, you know, obviously he's not in the best state possible. Mm -hmm. But then Allah shows you mm. that don't worry. I'll look after you. If the plants from the gourd family, they look after him or whatever it is, squash. You know, it's all looking after him. He's able to take the juices from it. Allah was showing him that wherever you are, mm -hmm. you're my prophet and I love you. And I will always look after you. Mm -hmm. I just wanted a bit more sabr with these people because there is potential in them. Mm -hmm. Like there's potential in all of our lovely communities around the world today. But then insects began to eat that plant. And Yunus felt sad for the plant because the plant that had... Covered him when he had come to shore, mm -hmm. now was being eaten. Allah tells him, you were sad for that plant mm -hmm. being eaten. Now remember those people who you were ready to see punished. You think it's easy for me just to punish a whole nation mm -hmm. in the same way you cared about that plant? Imagine the care I have for my creation. But then he went back, alhamdulillah, to his people and truly become a source of comfort for them all. The only nation where everybody joined the path of a Prophet of Allah. Subhanallah. Yeah. Now, Sayyidina, where is Prophet Yunus السلام, buried? Because there's different uh, narrations on, as to where he's buried. And ISIS actually damaged his grave. Yeah, ISIS uh, bombed the grave of Nabi Yunus السلام, in the land of Mosul. It was a place of great unity for Muslims and Christians mm -hmm. and other religions who admire Jonah. And sadly, they went and they destroyed it. Apart from the opinion about Al-Hamra and Kufa, where Yunus is buried, and also Palestine is mentioned, but you find that Al-Mosul is mentioned as well. Ahsantin. Now, we're going to take a few questions from WhatsApp. Sure. This one says, Salam, I have a question for Zayd Amman. Please put it to him. He touched on the issue of Salat al-Rahm with the story of Ibrahim salam. It's urgent pressing matter. If one has an uncle and cousins who have slandered you, literally, unfounded, out of hasad, the result being many people believed them, and this caused you great emotional and social loss for a period of your life. And if they, stole, they also stole from you, then even if they claim to be mu'mineen, are you obliged to keep links with them, talk to them, and approach them? 
If they say salam and alaykum to you, you must respond with wa alaykum as salam. Mm -hmm. Ask about them and pray for them as well. Mm. As Imam Zain al Abdin says in these du'as that we recite on these nights, du'a makanum al akhlaq, wa abdilni min bogdati ahl al shana'an al mahabba, wa min aqoq al arham al mabarra, wa min khidlan al akrabin al nusra. Yeah. Ahsantum Sayyid. Now this question says, Salam alaykum. Uh, can you explain why Prophet Sulaiman didn't destroy the books of magic permanently? Yeah, we're going to be coming to that insha'Allah very shortly. Insha'Allah. Um, this one says, Assalamu alaikum, why does the Quran only mention the prophets that have been sent to Arabia? That's not true. Oh, okay. Mentions prophets who were sent to Africa as well. Mm -hmm. um, we've already discussed this in our stories. Um, and the books before the Quran have mentioned prophets who have gone to other nations. Mm -hmm. And we have stories of people like Dhul Qarnayn and others who have gone to the furthest parts of the world. Um, and we have many hadiths as well about prophets who may have gone to other nations. Mm -hmm. Quran's not a book to name every prophet of God. You know, there's only 25 in there, mm -hmm. 26 if you're lucky. Um, and there are many countries in existence today that weren't even present in the time of the Qur'an. So if people want, you know, who was the prophet of the United States, that wasn't even in existence at the time. And there are others as well. Ahsantum Sayyidah, thank you very much for your time tonight. Thank you. And a very beautiful... I'd like to thank uh, as well uh, Minhal. It's his last show presenting tonight, although I have still another few nights um, to go when we finish Prophet Zakaria and Yahya and Jesus. Uh, as well as the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, his family. But Minhal, well done. You've done a great job. Thank you very much. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. And inshallah, Brother Shah Abbas, who will continue from tomorrow night, will do a job just as amazing as you've done. My successor, well inshallah. Done. Well done. I'll be praying for all so the So are you viewers. appointing your successor? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh, yeah, I it's am. not rational to it's appoint not. a successor. It's better just to leave uh, a bunch of Arabs who were pagans 23 years <laughs> earlier to choose their successor. Yeah. <laughs> You always have to do that. Uh, inshallah, I will be traveling to Iraq tomorrow. I will pray for all of you. As for you, Sayyidina, a special du'a for you, inshallah, on Layali Qadr. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to look at our audio library for more content on Quran, ethics, lifestyle, and spirituality. Imam Hussain TV3, your gateway to Karbala.